Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation. They say the day after the Super Bowl is typically when people take off. Not us. We don't, we don't <laughs> have any days off. We could blow two loads yesterday with two episodes and come back today firing on all cylinders again. So that's where we're at. Luca, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Episode four. No, you guys do it the right way. You've, you've done it the Hello, right way. Oh, Luca, <laughs> Tigers, and Bronze. Luca Nation. Oh, my. Uh, dude, all the love and hate towards him, I think he, he's, he's, he's great at what he does. He's great at what he does. So I, I can't knock it, you know? And if I did, it's probably because I couldn't do it. And there was a little bit of envy and jealousy. So anyway, episode 590, Super Bowl yesterday. Cage and I have two plays. Basketball, full oh, yeah. slate of games today. Full slate of games. Uh, we'll probably start seeing, you know, Ben Simmons play. Harden play after, you know, DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, Halliburton and the Pacers, you know, he's already been playing. Uh, I got a bone to pick, man. I'm so sick of these. You got a what? You got a bone? I have a bone to pick. Oh, the audio went out there. All I heard was, I got a boner. I was like, what is he talking about here? This thing went sideways. I mean, De- DeMontis Sabonis went to what? What are you talking about? Okay. All right. So you got a bone to pick. With Sabonis? Stop playing football games on turf. Oh, you're talking about OBJ. All right. Okay. All right. I'm, Go ahead. Have your peace. It's not just OBJ because, I mean, I talked to my sister today. She's like, it's hard to watch. There's so many injuries in football. And, like, I mean, Burrow, I thought his knee was done. Stafford, I thought his knee and ankle were done. And and I know it's not all turf, but when you have a game of this magnitude, I don't understand why you would play it in a a turf stadium. Why not just play it on grass where it's proven, statistically proven, to be safer on players, knees, joints, ligaments, all that stuff. So that's really sad. I feel bad for OBJ, and I was never a big OBJ fan. Guy was going to be MVP. I was going to have, you know, Six figures from <laughs> Well, he got seven figures, right? Didn't he have a bonus for winning the Super Bowl? He had like a million-dollar bonus or something like that. So that's why he was crying. Uh, <laughs> he was probably crying because he was in pain, and he wished he could have helped no, his team more. he's team crying barely... somebody convinced him to get purple hair. That's why he was crying. Yeah. <laughs> why did he do that? Listen, I think we were spoiled a little bit. I got a little echo. I don't know. If, that's, if you hear it, let me know. Um, I, I, I think we're a little spoiled because um, the games leading up to the Super Bowl were just so darn good. And I think if you were watching this, you were thinking, all right, well, Burrow's going to go down there and they're going to kick a field goal and it's going to go to overtime and we're going to have a back-and-forth overtime game because that's just what we – think of how spoiled we are as fans. We got that Bills-Chiefs game. We got the Chiefs against the – against the the Bengals you know the AFC lead up was just amazing um and I think you know my takeaway on it and I I, I appreciate your take I mean there are some stadiums that they, they, they have the grass and they roll the grass into the dome people are like oh you're in a dome you know what are you what are you doing what you know it's got to be turf but they, there are ways to do it so I appreciate that take and you know we 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 operate in a, in a league where the stars rule the day and we want to watch the stars play and we want to watch a kid like Joe Burrow or Odell Beckham where these guys do their thing and if they're hurt you know, it diminishes the product. So, yeah, they should probably look to protect, uh, you know, the the stars of the league. So I'm with you. But how about this? We are, if the NFL doesn't do anything dumb like baseball's doing and just kill the game with stupid squabbles and crap and baseball, I'm going to give a baseball play. But think of the product that the NFL is going to be able to put out there for the next couple of years just with the with the amount of young stars that are going to be there. You know, you got guys like Rodgers who are still there, and Russell Wilson who are still there, and you know, and players that that you know have played for a while, like Matthew Stafford, you know, winning a, winning a title now, and then this just young crop of just uh, you know incredible quarterbacks that are taking the leap and and bringing the game forward. I'm looking forward to the next ten years of the NFL. I really am, and I was never a big NFL investor. Um, I think I may, you know, start putting some money into some of the younger NFL stars. I saw a PWCC auction last night end for a, a Mahomes, um, you know, silver was like $6,000 or something like that. You know, the card was well over 10, 15 at its crazy peak. It wasn't the best centering on it on the PWCC auction. Who would you but- rather have? Mo- and keep in mind, Mahomes prices are significantly higher than Burrow. Long term, mm-hmm. who do you think is a better investment? In percentage terms, like if you're buying Mahomes at ten thousand, and it goes to hundred thousand, that's ten x. If you're buying 
borrow at a thousand and it goes to ten thousand, that's ten x. You know right? me, so, right? I, I like to have stuff that still has an upside, but the floor is not, you know, there. You know, the floor is, you know, I like I like to buy stuff that's a little bit, you know, a little closer to the floor. And yeah, Mahomes is up. But Mahomes already has an MVP and a Super Bowl win for straight AFC championship games. You know what I mean? I would think that the floor is already in or we're going to get damn close to it. Um, and I think, you know, he has as good a shot as anybody else to continue to win, to continue to be an MVP and continue to, you know, go on and win more championships. So Mahomes is probably the way I would go. And I'm not a huge Mahomes fan. You guys know I was a Burrow guy. But, you know, I could see Burrow never getting back to the Super Bowl before I see Mahomes never get back to the Super Bowl. And a lot of it is, is outside of their talent level. A lot of it is what the team does. You know, the Bengals have to learn from this. The Bengals have to go out there now, and if they want to really go back and do it again, they have Chase. They have Burrow. They're not paying them a ton of money, right? They have a decent defensive interior. They need a couple of safeties. I mean, a couple of uh, cornerbacks, like everybody needs a corner. Their safeties are actually good. And they need an O-line. I mean, you can't go four playoff games and give up seven sacks in one and nine sacks in another. And Isn't that ahead. actually a good problem to have? Yes, because yes. Now, now you know exactly what you need. Yeah, but they have and to you do have the it. money. Like they have I mean, to they do will. it. That will that's that remains to be seen, right? I thought okay. they were going to go O line. Remember, you would think that after their quarterback, after four and eleven, after the quarterback getting shredded and sacked as much as they did last year, um, and having a, a horrendous O line, that they would address the O line last off season. And they went Chase, which was great. I mean, remember, I was the guy who said Chase got him there, so I can't complain. But the O line is going to be what prevents them from winning that Super Bowl, um, and it's really going to matter. What they do now, you know, can they do or or is somebody going to fall to them, a running back, you know, another wide receiver, a tight end or something and say, oh, wow, we got to get this for Burrow. And then the old line holds them back. A lot of it is outside of their control. I think Burrow has all the tools. It really does depend on the situation. Um, it, it depends on what the team does for him. I think that they want to keep him there and keep him healthy. I think they'll build around him, but everybody else is going to take a step forward also. So, you know what I mean? That's that's part of the fun, right? Do you wait to buy Burrow when his – I mean, do you think his cars are going to be sold off a little bit this next few weeks, right? I do. I do. Uh, maybe not the top end, you know, the real high, high ends that people can't get. You know what I mean? If Does something, you see a Josh Allen effect where we actually see a little bit more of a run-up? On the, on, the, on the more expensive ones, yes. On the lower-end stuff where people are buying, you know, your base cards and your, you know, your, your second, third, fourth release type of cards, I think those things come down a little bit. People were buying those with the expectation that if he wins a Super Bowl, they will go up. I think I saw some funny tweets that were like, you know, and the Joe Burrow eBay returns start now. You know what I mean? Like, you got to expect. I don't like those jokes. (laughs) I'll explain why. It's like the jokes that kind of give permission to the stuff that we don't want to see happen, right? Like, if we don't talk about it, it might happen less. And if we talk about it kind of as like a permission to like, oh, we know it's happening. Ha, ha, ha. Who cares? So you actually want us to talk about Bruno because we don't talk about Bruno. No, no. Rule number one of Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) That's true. It's very true. We definitely don't talk about Fight Club. But I think you're right. It's actually a really good point, right? It legitimizes it. It says it's okay to buy and there's no, 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 no problem here. You know, all right. You want to take a gamble on Burrow? It's a risk free gamble. Yeah, Five with the Super Bowl, you get it. Yeah, go ahead. AFC North. That was just going to go there. Brady keeps talking about Lamar. You see that? Brady keeps talking about Lamar. Tom Brady? No. What is yeah, he saying? He, about him? He, he like shares in a story, and he's like, he's a few times he's mentioned like, "Hey, Lamar, you're up next." Like the whole Kobe versus, like, remember how Kobe went retired, mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, "Giannis, get, next next challenge is getting an MVP." Uh huh. Brady had something similar with Lamar, and I find that interesting because, like, on paper, on the surface, from what I watch, I feel like Lamar's ceiling is very limited. I don't think he's a very good passer. I don't think he's a very accurate passer. So, I mean, listen, in today's game, they should be able to scheme uh, great for him. But let's just look at that AFC North, right? Because I'm talking about Burrow, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, and I would not be holding his cards, even the high-end cards. Right, because you're right. He's done everything great. He, you know, he just looks solid back there. He looks like he'll get to the Super Bowl every single year. But look at that AFC North. The AFC North, two games separated, top to bottom. That's a tough division. It's like the AFC West. AFC is tough. We talk about this. AFC is tough, right? And and two games separated, top and bottom. They were ten and seven. They weren't a runaway team. They weren't twelve and five like the Chiefs, and you know, they didn't have the greatest year. You know, they weren't twelve and five like the Titans. They weren't even eleven and six like the Bills. Right? They were a ten and seven team. With the Steelers at nine seven and one, 
the Ben Roethlisberger-led Steelers a half a game behind them in a division, right? you got to think the Steelers are going to get better. I don't know who's going to quarterback the Steelers, right? But I, great, it's Dwayne Haskins. That would be a fun little story, Haskins against Burrow in the division. That would be interesting, right? Remember, that was the Ohio State rivalry, right? Ohio State went with Haskins, and Burrow transferred to LSU because of it. You're, you know that, right? Burrow was Ohio. So, but but so so what's funny is you got that. Who knows who the Steelers QB is going to be? You know, maybe it's Russell Wilson. Who the heck knows, right? And then you Dude, got the you Browns. Russell Wilson, sorry to cut you off, Cage. Yeah. yeah. Why was he sitting with Goodell? I, I think he's the reigning Walter Payton man of the year, and they were you know talking that up, and obviously they couldn't give it to the one who won it this year because it was Whitworth, and he was playing in the game. Uh, Wilson, you know, he was doing his. It's like Miss America. He was doing his victory lap on that. He's last year's winner. He you know he he gave the award to Whitworth at uh, you know at the awards. I think that's probably it. Um, but uh, maybe he brings his wife with him. You know, high slit. Sierra, and maybe that's why uh, maybe maybe Goodell was a fan. I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I can. I'm not a fan of Sierra. So, but but as we continue, the Browns eight and nine, right? Six and three at home, um, and the Ravens, who were eight and three and lost their last six games to finish eight and nine. Like, look at that. Look at that division, right? So you got the worst team eight and nine, only two games back of the Bengals at ten and seven. Like. I, if you told me right now we're going to fast forward, we're going to go to the sports almanac, and we're going to look up the 2022 standings and told me that the Bengals finished last in their division next year, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I'd be a little surprised because they were in the Super Bowl, but we see that happen all the time. A surprise team that catches you know lightning in a bottle at the right time and moves through the playoffs and just doesn't show up the next you know the next year, hundred percent. And then what happens to Joe Burrow's cards? And this is a long way of saying you know Mahomes already has a bunch of accomplishments in the bag, and Burrow has one season right now where they made a run. But you know who else got to AFC Championship games? Not the Super Bowl, but they've, Mark Donald Sanchez. McNam. Mark Sanchez. Donald you know McNam. what I mean? Donald McNam got to the Super Bowl and lost. So, yeah, I mean, that's a better example. I made mine a little more absurd. But, yeah, Same I mean, guy. yeah, it's a butt fumble, right? So, you know. That will live in infamy. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, yeah, you, you got to think, Lamar, you know, if, if they can scheme for him, Lamar – there's a lot of things I would be doing differently with him. A lot of things I would be doing differently with him. And I would almost say, we got a two-year window, run. Just run every time. Do what you did in college. They lost their their running backs in the beginning yeah. of the year, which kind of and messed that's things huge. up. You got to hope Dobbins comes back and is actually a player. Their wide receivers are undersized. He's got a great tight end. Um, Andrew's one of the best in the game. And, um, you know, you solidify that offensive line. You run, you know, some different plays. It really, what it shows you is you get one one skill player or two, it makes a quarterback that much better. It really does, right? And and I mean, look at Josh Allen did everything. Add Diggs to the mix. Look where they look what they did. You know, you got Mahomes. Obviously, he's got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Huge. I mean, just huge, huge additions. You throw Burrow, give him Chase. Look what happens, right? You got Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cuff. I mean, they are security blankets. They're where you go, right? And and. You know, coaching plays plays a big deal too. But I mean, maybe Lamar gets his Cooper Cup this year. Maybe Lamar gets somebody added in a Jamar Chase type of player instead of you know an undersized you know Hollywood Brown, right? It, it really is a, a a big difference. And just on the Super Bowl, I enjoyed it. It was a fun game. I, I thought the Rams would win by more. I said the Rams were going to win. They didn't cover. Um, it didn't go exactly the way I thought. It sucks the OBJ injuries because he was on pace to get all the props that we picked. We still won more props than we lost. I think that was a big season. turning point in the game, Huge. too. Because Huge. Fr- from the point he got injured to the final drive where Matthew Stafford just decided to throw to Cooper Cup, which I never understand in football why they like wait till the end of the game to throw to the best player. But from the point when he went injured to that last drive, they couldn't do anything with the ball. Yep. Yep. So that was a, yeah. big, that was a big loss. Well, it's your game plan. And the difference also is um, I think McVeigh uh, was willing to just throw caution to one and say, you know what, he's double covered, but we just got to let our guy make plays. And think about that. Third and one, fourth and one. The Bengals play calling questionable at the end of the game. Third and one, you run it up the middle. You have to use timeout. And then fourth and one, what was that? When the Rams needed a yard, you know what they did? They actually handed the ball to Cooper Cup on a pitch. And knew he was going to get it. Yeah. You know, why doesn't why doesn't Jamar Chase have a sweep run like that to pick up one yard on Which a third they actually and one? Ran earlier in the game. So Touché. it's 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 an odd kind of thing. That's you know my weird little analysis of the game. I, I like the game. We've been really treated to some good football, some 
halftime show? Any thoughts? So th- to me, this was the best worst halftime show ever, and I'll explain why. I loved all the songs and I love all the performers, but rap doesn't do well when it's live performances. Like Kendrick's performance, I love Kendrick. Like I literally, Mad City, one of my favorite songs, but it just doesn't do well in a short period of time where people are watching football and then they're going to like hear this lyrical rap and it's like poetry. And I'm like, okay, I respect the lyrics, but it doesn't mind. And I, I love Eminem. I love Dre. I mean, it's my generation in the club. I've already told you guys, like TRL was what I came home from middle school and watched. Cry Me a River, Justin Timberlake, and in the club, 50 Cent, we're like dueling it out for weeks with uh, Carson Daly. But it just, I, I don't know, like it doesn't work to me. Here's the think about it moment for you. And I want to know whether or not it hit home. For years, your generation has been saying, Super Bowl halftime show is for old people. It's about time that they don't have the Rolling Stones on there and they replaced him with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem. But if you think for a second, really what that means is you're getting old too, my friend. It's crazy, right? Dude. <laughs> it's really what it means, you know, because now you, you got kids saying, oh, who are these old people? <laughs> you know, like, who are these old people? But I will is tell that you what this. Ian said? No, no, no. Actually, what Ian said was, all right, finally, Kendrick Lamar, someone I know. So that's the part where you're no, like, oh, didn't it didn't say work. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. How yeah, does the Kendrick? Because Julie was watching, my wife was watching, I, I was watching, and I was like, what is this? And Ian looks up from his, you know, he's, he's, on, his, he's on his iPhone, and he's like, oh, finally, Kendrick Lamar, someone I know. And he knew Eminem also. Um, he liked Eminem's shoes. He noticed they were Jordans. Did you see Eminem's shoes? They were custom Jordan 3s. With an E on it, Eminem deal, and uh, it was "Hello, my name is" on the back that said "Slim Shady." Sick pair of kicks. You got to take a look at them online. If you, they're, they're, they're some pictures posted, they're some they really nice. They look counterfeit to me. <laughs> no, seriously, that's what nice. I thought. I was like, "What's what's happening here?" <laughs> well, I mean, they had all the NFTs show up at the halftime show. I'll tell you, my thought on the halftime show is this: right? Um, is, is it horrible to say I was expecting more? Is that bad? Um, it was good. I mean, I like Eminem. Lose Yourself, you can play that at the Super Bowl. You can play that at Awake. It really doesn't make a difference. It's going to have the same. It's, it, what's he saying? It doesn't matter what he's saying. It's provocative. It gets the people going. You know, like it doesn't. <laughs> that's that's actually from Kanye. Why not? Like, but, so, so you have that old, <laughs> like the Lose Yourself, 8 Mile, all that stuff. Why not? And I mean, I guess Drake would have to come out for this, but like, um, they, 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 Eminem and Dre have like more modern songs with Drake, more poppy songs with Drake. We run this town with like Rihanna. Uh huh. No. So, so you're saying what? You should have that instead. A little more pop, a little less rap. I mean, th- this was or supposed to be that. It was supposed to be that kind of bridge, right? I mean, I know NFL's conservative, right? But this was supposed to be a step for them. And if they went all poppy and they brought out like Katy Perry to mix in with it, it would kind of defeat the purpose, you know? Well, I know, I think right? Rihanna's pregnant, so I don't think she could come out, but like run this town with like Rihanna, Drake, M, and uh, Little Wayne. Even, I know you'd have to have all of them there, or some of them couldn't be there, whatever. But like that to me is, is a bridge too. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, so, so it left something to be desired for you, for me, you name it. I will tell you. At one day, at one point, um, when Dre got on the piano, were very impressive for him to be able to just do that in the middle of that many people and play the piano. And he, he got California, right? Yeah, California love. And I'm expecting the Coachella style Tupac hologram to be right. realized. They've done it already, and they start playing that. And I even said to Ian, "I'm like, yeah, you're gonna see Tupac." And he's like, "Tupac's dead." And I'm like, yeah, with the hologram that they, you know, they, they've done it before. You know, why, why not, why not bring it out again? Um, if there was ever a time, right? Ten years later, uh, but they did it. And I was a little like, you know, it's it's funny, right? When the, the expectations are so high, it's sort of what people are saying about the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, it was a little blah. All right, well, I guess you know, <laughs> we're setting our expectations too high. If you thought that was a blah Super Bowl, it was pretty competitive. I it was a good Super Bowl. So yeah, man. I mean, listen, it was it, it was definitely a good time. Um, I had some wings, which is the key for me. You know, you give me some wings, give me some football. I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's not difficult to please please me. Um, we had a nice we had a nice day yesterday. Great show on whatnot. Got to thank all of you guys 
who participated, got to think whatnot. Um, real easy platform for an old idiot like me who's not tech savvy at all to be able to just figure it out, push buttons, do giveaways, you know, do box breaks and just, you know, have, have some fun with it. Um, so we hope we are able to continue that talking to whatnot this week. So yeah, we hope we are able to continue that, bring on, uh, you know, additional sports and, and whatnot into the fold. Uh, what else you got going on? So we beat the shit out of the Super Bowl. What else? Are you excited about the all-star, uh, break here for the NBA? I think people should realize how few games are actually left in the season. We think the all-star break is halfway through, like halfway point, but it's actually not. So like, just like to give you guys some context, the Nets, who are the eighth seed on an 11-game losing streak, who are uh, title favorites, by the way, according to Vegas. Um, Which doesn't matter. Vegas is full of casual fans. We've learned this this week. Well, so, so it's funny. Like, think about this. So they're plus 400. They're the favorites to win the, the championship. And they're in the eighth seed in danger of not making the playoffs because Kevin Durant, he, he's not going to be back for another three to four weeks. Kyrie can only play in away games, and most of their games are at home. Yeah, they so don't have that many away games. I saw they that don't have that many away games. And Ben Simmons, we don't know how game-ready he is, right? So it's actually a really interesting point in time in the season for a lot of teams where the Grizz, the Warriors, the Suns, there's a lot of benefits that you have when you're kind of in that position, when you're clear cut one, two, and three, sure you're chasing, you know, home court advantage, but you get to play around with rotations. You know, you get to try players, you get to let the young players develop and you could rest, you know, Ja, Bain, J Jaron Jackson Jr. You could really work on some things as a team. I'm really interested to see how this Nets team finishes. I, I do think that they're going to make the playoffs, but I wouldn't be so sure because Charlotte's right on their heels. The Hawks are right on their heels. And I, I can't understand this Hawks team very much. They, they're so weird. They're such a weird when team. When they're good, you know? they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. I mean, they're a very, very night and day team. Yeah, and I got to I gotta go back to I, I I watched a lot of um, Trey Young. I feel like he's a poor decision maker on the court. Like he, they had a chance yesterday to beat the Celtics pretty handedly, and he just chucks shots. They don't run a good offense. Oh, I, I, they finally have a healthy team, and and they can't figure it out. So, really interesting as we head into the back stretch. Twenty six games, so not as much time as you would think to get it together and figure things out. It's kind of like the home stretch. I would say this is uh, it's September baseball. It's the equivalent of September baseball. You know, where down the stretch, teams who play well are going to separate themselves and uh, teams playing poorly, you know, they might, might turn around and realize, whoa, I'm not even in the playoffs. I'm real curious about the Nets, right? Because I, I think your Bucks call, I think the only teams that could really stand in the way are the Nets and the Sixers in the East. Um, there are other teams that are better teams. You know, I like Miami when they put it all together, obviously, uh, you know, the Hawks can do some stuff, but I think just the, the makeup of the Nets and Embiid with the Sixers are what would give Giannis and that Bucks team a little bit of a run. We saw it last year with the Nets. Really, though, the funny part is, is what remains to be seen is can the Nets win, right? And what is Simmons going to bring there? Is he, like you said, is he game ready? Can he, you know, can he, um, you know, bring his game to these guys? Can they convince him to just forget about his offense and work on his passing and his defense right now? They don't need him to play well, offense. That's presently. the issue, Paige, is when Kyrie and Durant are there, he's going to need to be a different player than when they're Correct. out. Correct. And that's, and that's the, really awkward for someone coming back in general. Midway and we talked about this, right? Well, especially the Kyrie thing, right? Like one game, the offense is going to go one way. Then the next day, he's not there. And you got to switch up your whole mentality. And now it's even the same thing with him coming off the bench, not even playing for a year. And, you know, to, I, I'm with you. It's going to be difficult. That's what I say. You know, the Bucks. you might be right on it. And the same thing with the Nets. I mean, with the Sixers. You know, bringing Harden into the mix might be one of the craziest things a team has to go through. You know, take Seth Curry out, who clearly is an unselfish Great shooter, right. does not need the ball in his hands, stands there, and when he gets the ball, fires away and usually hits. Talk about Drummond, the guy who has found a role, a guy who was you know signing last year with Cleveland for a $40 million contract, and this year took a league veteran minimum to play with the Sixers. You know, um, his role is he's, go he, grab offensive yeah, boards. He's, he's gone also, but I mean, you, now you're bringing in Harden, and it's like, I got to get mine. You know what I mean? I got the ball's going to come through me. And how does that, how does that roll with Embiid? And, and how does you it know, roll with Maxi? If, yeah. And if that, if both of those things don't gel and gel quickly, you could be righter than anyone's giving you credit for, and the Bucks could walk to the, fi to the finals 
So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. And the West is fun for other reasons. It's not because like you, you know watch who's going to collapse. It's because you really do have a bunch of really good team play yeah. at the top of the West, right? Teams, you know, from the Suns to the the Warriors. And, and on down, the Grizzlies playing great team ball. You have a lot of good teams. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm Something excited. I would watch out for, guys. Shoot. And this is my play today. Uh, this Timberwolves team is interesting. They have a lot of issues. One being the fact that Patrick Beverly is basically a point guard, which is terrible, terrible, terrible. But they're sitting here at 30 and 27 in the seventh seed. And they're only. The Nuggets are 31-25. They're only a game and a half behind the Nuggets and a few games behind the Mavs. Now, yep. I don't think this Timberwolves team is going to give the Warriors, Suns, or Grizz any run. But whoever gets into that fifth seed is really interesting because I don't think the Jazz are a playoff team. I really don't. I don't think they ever will be. They, I think we give Gobert Defensive Player of the Year every year. But every year in the playoffs, the strategy is really simple. You, you make him switch onto a guard, and he can't cover the perimeter. Right? Yep. So this Jazz team, to me, is going nowhere fast. And they just had Joe Ingles' injury. You know, if that Timberwolves team could get into a five seed and play the Jazz, really interesting. But my play today is a card that I picked up by accident. So what I do uh, on these different platforms is sometimes like, I send out. I happen to be at a show, and I tripped I tripped over, and whoops, money fell out of my hand, and the card fell into my pocket. Because I was, I was by accident. Sort of, but imagine if the money that <laughs> fell out of my pocket was like pennies. So I, I, okay. I send out low ball offers, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I like all for this. Like, so, and guys, remember, I'm very agnostic. I don't have romantic relationships with these platforms. I just, they are what they are. I don't like a lot of things about them. I like some things about them. I'm not here, like, I'm not like very much a spokesperson for how companies are ethical or not. Okay. So l- let's just be clear about that. Uh, but they're really good. So I have, I send out these low ball offers and one was accepted and it was for an Anthony Edwards select, uh, SGC 10. Okay. Just the basic concourse card. Uh, not the silver, but the base and someone accepted an offer 30 bucks, 30. Really? Bucks. Yeah. And it got me thinking one, I think Anthony Edwards is a better prospect than Lamelo. I, I can't understand the, the the price disparity between those guys. To me, at definitely least a higher ceiling. I think higher ceiling. But right now, Lamelo cards are actually more expensive than Edwards. Yeah, which which to me makes very little sense. But even taking that aside, I think Edwards is a better long term investment. So I'm looking at Edwards cards, and the card I picked up that I would recommend for you guys, it's an SGC 10, 10 perfect ten of his base select card. Okay. I got that for 30 bucks. I don't know how much you guys are going to be able to get it for, maybe 35, 40, 50. Uh, but to me, that is a play. I think Edwards in general is a play. Uh, I've already noticed his silver, if you kind of use that as a bellwether card, that card was up at 2,000 bucks in the beginning of the season. And then it dropped all the way down to 800, 900 bucks. I think part of that drop was like the midseason thing. But I think part of that drop was PSA started catching up on the backlog. And in that backlog, were a lot of Edward Silvers that got tens. And if you look, his pop on the silver went from like 330, 340 to 430. And as that supply hit the market, it drove the price down. And what I've seen lately is that supply is now uh, kind of capped at 435, and his price is perking back up. And the silver's at 1,000, 1,100. I actually think it might go to 1,500. So I'm starting to look at some base plays that are cheap, pennies on the dollar, and the SGC concourse. Uh, the SGC 10 concourse rookie card of his, just the base or the silver, I think is a is just a steal. I like it. I like it. I think Edwards is is the better play than uh, than Lavello is. I agree with that entirely. Um, all right, mine is also um, a, a fun little play here. I'm going to go into baseball. I think people are going to start to swing towards basketball first, and I hope that we get some good news on baseball soon. I hope we don't lose any time. I'm surprised this has lasted this long. I know the league made some overtures this past weekend uh, to the Players Association that the Players Association didn't love. But, um, you know, I think these teams are going to want to get their rosters in. I think they're going to want to figure it out. It really is just, you know, uh, service time proposals, you know, money caps, you name it. I think every, I think the sides do want to get to an agreement, and nobody wants to miss any time playing and, and that kind of stuff. So I guess I guess we'll see what happens. 
Um, my play, I'll keep it quick um, uh, because a lot of people don't love the baseball stuff. But Who doesn't love injured, injured last year, uh, jumping into the fence, hurt his pectoral muscle. Uh, so you got to go back to his mostly healthy 2020 COVID limited season. And you'll find that this guy had, you know, obviously a shortened pandemic season. But in a 55 regular season game season that he played, he had 14 home runs and 41 RBIs in 55 games. You extrapolate that out to 162 games. I know he's probably not going to play all 162 because he's always fun in the outfield and always has a little, <laughs> little fun out there in left field. But you put that over 162 games, it's 41 home runs and 121 RBIs. That's MVP-level production if he's able to stay healthy. On a first-place team that's also getting back another young stud and has some amazing pitching and I think can contend not just to get to the World Series but win it this year, I'm talking about Eloy Jimenez. But I'm not just going to go out there and tell you that this is a guy who is going to do some stuff this year. He's kind of forgotten. Right, everybody's on the Lou Bob, and everybody's on. Hey, let's get Jason Dominguez cards, and let's get Bobby Witt cards, and who's going to win Rookie of the Year this year? And let's get Wander Franco cards, and let's get all this stuff. People have kind of forgotten just how good he was in that COVID shortened season, and how potent his bat is in the middle of that lineup, and how the team kind of went where he went. Right, when they got injured, not not as not as potent of a lineup, but when he came back, this is the guy who's hitting home runs into the corn at Field of Dreams. He wasn't fully healthy when he came back i don't think so um you know he came back that peck injury is a nagging one it's a you know it's an interesting one he can be back in full this year and and mashing but here's my play i went a little deeper into it right because you know normally i like to give you an entry point where it's easy i like his tops chrome uh 2019 rookie card i think it's card number 202 and what i did was i i, I leaned into it's just psa 10 i leaned into this a little bit i'm like oh let's give guys a nice easy entry point so the most recent auction, buy it now, as you name it, for PSA 10 on this card is $35. $35. But then I said, you know what? Let me, let me look at this, right? Let me give people an alternate play on this as well. It's not a huge pop. There's 3,863 PSA 10s for $35. $38.63. And I said, all right, let me go look into the thing a little bit. Let me go look at what the next level is. You know, what would you consider a silver, you know? And it's the refractor. And the refractor has 677 PSA 10s. 677. So there were 3,800 of the base at $35. One-sixth of those, right? One-sixth of them refractors, 677. So what do you think the price would be? Not to cut you off, I'm going to pull this up. This isn't the one you're talking about. This is the Prism refractor, right? So I'm not talking about Prism. I'm just talking about the regular refractor rookie. Just regular refractor rookie. It'll say refractor on it. Prism refractor is a different one. That's got the one that looks kind of like hyper. Um, so you just, you know, you can type and just, yeah, please. So what's fun and you know, you'll have the data in front of you, so you don't have to guess, but, but there's one sixth of the pop. So you would think that at $35 for the base, the one with one sixth, the pop would be what? Six times the price or some multiple of it, at least six times the price would put it at 200 bucks. But the last few have sold on eBay. There was a buy it now for $80 on February 9th. The last auction the day before sold for $77. Is that what you have there? 77 bucks, it looks like? I think there's an outlier sale, which is driving it to them 140, <laughs> but I would agree. Most of the sales right here are 80, 77, 80, 77. So, yes. I, yeah. So, I mean, but listen, so so the one at 677, $80 buy it now. Um, there's plenty of my look on eBay right right now on this. You know, there's plenty of them available in that range also. Um, you know, 70 is 77. Probstein 77, Probstein 77. So you, mean, uh, you take a look at these auctions. I was surprised that the refractor with one-sixth of the pop was basically double the price, the 35 to 70-something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I, I thought it would be more. So I think you might get more bang for your buck going with the refractor for 75, 80 bucks rather than buying the base for 35. I think because the pop is not there, that one might actually move up a little bit faster. And it's still not, you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for it. So I like Eloy. I think there's going to be some run up with his stuff. I think you're going to start to see a lot of articles when you start reading your fantasy stuff about how that Chicago White Sox might be the team to beat in the AL. Um, They have a great pitching staff all returning. They have a great lineup and, um, you know, I think this guy's an anchor. He's middle of the middle of the order in that lineup, and you know, he's somebody who, who if he stays healthy, you're gonna be like, "Wow, why didn't I buy more of these for thirty-five or seventy dollars?" So that's my thought on the day. It's baseball, and not everybody's looking at baseball yet, but I think that's gonna change soon. And uh, you know, a little a little bit of a deeper dive into it, right? It's easy to just say, "Hey, go ahead and buy the the base on it," but when you peel back the layers, 
uh, I think the the regular refractor is actually the better the better you know the better buy here, and it's not you know you don't really have to go too many multiples up to, to get it. So, first of all, I love it. I I own this card. This is one of the first cards I bought, believe it or not. Nice. So, because so, when I got back in the hobby, it was January February, and I, I got Zion first. His prices went three x four x, and people were like, "Well, now's a good time to get into baseball." Because this was February. So I bought uh, Cody Bellinger, uh, Acuna, Soto, and this guy, Eloy. I had the 75th anniversary version of this card. This was when I didn't know anything. I was just buying PSA 10 bases of his cards. People left a comment on the Jeff Wilson um, interview, and they said, Select was killed in the recent years. People had this uh-huh. kind of university because he, he was a big fan of Select. I think a lot of people are big fans of Select, and Select went from hobby to retail. Cage. So while you were doing that, I wanted to pull up the pop of the Edwards card that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. card 61. Can I, I'm going to screen share. Tell me what you think when you see this. So this is a PSA pop report. So the card I was talking about, there's actually only eight PSA 10s of it, Cage. Wow. Eight. I'll pull it up. It's uh, here, my portfolio. We'll go here. Here's the card in an SGC, okay? This card, uh-huh. 61. Yeah, I like it. There's only eight PSA 10s, but look at this. So I'm going to scroll down. So we have blue disco, blue prism, uh, blue retail, blue, white, green, blue, gray, green, shimmer, blue, white, purple, cosmic, disco, elephant, gold, gold prism, gold wave, green disco, green prism, green, white, purple, light blue, lucky envelopes, neon green, neon orange pulsar, neon purple pulsar, red disco, red prism, red wave, red, white, green, red, white, red, white, scope, silver, teal, tie-dye, tiger, tricolor, white prism, zebra. So that's just Edwards cards number 61, the parallels. Then there's the exact same amount in card number 169. Mm -hmm. This is all for Edwards of this year. I could keep scrolling. And then there's a 300 version of this card. Yep. When you see something like that, what do you think? Well, you do the same thing for prism. I think why people like select was that prior to this past year, there weren't all of those. You didn't have the fast breaks and the smash breaks and the whole deal. You just had a couple of, of parallels in there, some colors, maybe, um, you know, a tie-dye. And it had the three levels already built in, right? It had, like, the, the court side and, you know, the concourse level. You know, what, you know it depends on the sport, right? Um, and they added in hybrid boxes, they added in the you know the ones that have the little circles in them and the different and I think people liked select because it was a little bit of a simplistic you know there weren't a million parallels out there um, I understand what they're saying I'm, uh, you know about when Jeff talked about that and it, it makes sense I actually think that that criticism goes across all of the cards I remember I'm somebody who comes from you know late eighties baseball and if you look now. And you, I mean, you can do this on card ladder if you want, right? I know you think Griffey's overrated. I know you think he's overrated, right? But can I contextualize that for people? Um, because <laughs> no, it's funny. fun the we way it a, is. It's, it's fun well, the way it is. I don't want you to. I don't we want have you. a lot of keyboard warriors now <laughs> as we're growing, and a lot of them have suggestions from behind the screen. But my job is to be myself, <laughs> but it's also to ask the questions or the topics that people from my generation would think. So uh-huh. when my generation looks up Griffey, we see his stats and we're like, he's as good as Albert Pujols and, and Miggy Cabrera. Mm-hmm. So uh, naturally so, the tendency is that so I think give me somebody, right. give me somebody else. How about like Greg Maddox? Do you know Greg Maddox? Do you think he's like, you know, uh, you know, 300 plus game winner, you know, championships. Do you think like he has a pitcher goes, you think he's worth something? You think he's yes, he good? Well, I thought he was overrated until someone explained it. This guy threw like, so he, he picked this spot so well. He was such a precise pitcher. I, just like the the legacy, and and it's not that I really care or want to hurt Ken Griffey Jr.'s feelings. It's just a topic to discuss. I didn't mean to take this off course. No, it's okay. How about how about like you know? I'm I'm trying to come up with a guy to make my Griffey, point, right? Griffey, so Griffey, Griffey. Griffey's a good one. Fine, Griffey's a good one. So do me a favor, go in card ladder, right? Okay. And and open up. I'm just gonna give you a, a a a guy, right? Go in and put in 1983 tops Ryan Sandberg. It's R Y N E. They're not going to have this guy. Oh, they will. In PSA 10. Oh, R-Y-N-E. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, great player. 
was the face of a franchise for a long this time. Here, you right? probably, you probably, yeah, you probably never heard of him, right? But his no. his PSA ten is worth how much on card ladder? Hundred ninety bucks. No, it's PSA ten. I think you're probably looking at a nine. Sorry. It's okay. Hey, Mr. 90 bucks. Right, so it's somebody you don't know. 1530 So $1,500. Now, do me a favor. And you look at the pop on it if you want. It doesn't matter. But Ryan Sandberg's top rookie from the 80s, when people consider, you know, that's not junkier yet, but from the 80s, is $1,500. Now, do me a favor and pull up the PSA 10 of Ken Griffey Jr.'s tops rookie. Now, you know Ken Griffey Jr., and while you think he's potentially overrated, it's only because people hold him in the top 10 players of all time, right? So you're like, all right, maybe he's top 50. But yeah, that's traded, it. The right? top straight at PSA 10. How much is it worth? 150. $158. 10% of what Ryan Sandberg's top rookie is worth. And this is a traded card, too, by the way, which you know should make it a little, little, a little more rare, right? So I'm just comparing top rookies, and this is not scientific, guys. Don't crush me on this. But here's why I bring this up it's a cautionary tale about the market today, right? We, we all look at like, 2013 and Giannis's prism and when that started to move everyone's like well Giannis's prism is be worth this then look at look at Luca's prism and Luca's prism is going to be worth it and then Zion's prism's got to be worth some money too and what we saw is a little bit of a correction in it not just because there were more of that particular card printed and clearly there were but also because of all the other options out there now this fun little thing happened in 1988 and 89 in 1989 tops Unlike 1983, when Ryan Sandberg was there, Tops was the only game in town in 83. You had Fleer and Donruss. They were two-year-old products, and they were hideous because they came in 1981. You didn't have the expansion, right? And if you want to buy a Ryan Sandberg rookie card, the one I just showed you is the one to buy, right? And that's why it's $1,500. There are other options, but there are two other options, and they're abysmal by comparison. They're like the hoops, right? 84, 85, Dunruss, Fleer, they get a little bit better. 83, eh, Tops is still the way to go. 89, by the time Griffey got there, you would expect that Griffey card. Come on, Griffey's a generational talent. Everybody loves him. People like me hold him in high regard. You know, you can't make fun of him. You can't call him out and say he's overrated without getting the, the venom of your audience, mm -hmm. right? But it's 10% of the value, and why? Because he had an 89 score update in addition to the 89 Tops update. He had an 89 Bowman. He had an 89 Fleer. He had an 89 Dunruss. He had an 89 Upper Deck, which everybody knows about, right? And that's just 89. Wait till the 90s come and it expands. We're in a period now where the card market has expanded so much because of an increased demand. But we may be getting to a point where even these limited rookie parallels are not limited. Look at what you just showed for Anthony Edwards, right? Now, you want to compare Anthony Edwards to Devin Booker. You want to compare Anthony Edwards to Giannis and say, wow, he's going to be this kind of player. Go back and pull up Giannis's parallels. Go back and pull up even Booker's parallels. Because you know what? Mosaic wasn't a standalone product at the time. Correct. There wasn't all of these other ones. And, and within the products themselves, there weren't hybrids and schmibrids and fast breaks and all these no huddles and whatever else that were there. It makes it tougher for the, the current cards to be compared to the stuff from before and even things that appear to be limited the elephant bulls parallel you know the zebra's ass and whatever else you got going on on the if there are 900 different limited parallels there are no limited parallels it's like my old boss who used to write urgent on the top of everything he left on my desk until one day he didn't write it and i went in running into his office saying what's so important about this one it stood out because he didn't write urgent on the top of it. You get it, right? Nothing's rare. <laughs> they can't all be rare <laughs> because and then nothing's rare. From yeah. Panini's standpoint, because it does seem like these companies run their businesses more on like 30, 60 day kind of cycles versus long term. And they're thinking, well, people are going to buy them. We're going to maximize our revenue. So who cares? Yep. Yeah. Well, they people don't buy care. them. There's. There's and, demand and, for it. And I guess what the benefit of Fanatics is, if they control the, the manufacturing, but they're also going to get benefits of secondary sales and they have their own marketplace, then they might be more conscious of oversupply. Think about it. Use a real world example. I love your play, right? But the select silver you got for $30, I'm going to hope it's because it was select, select base. I'm going to hope it's because 
it is an anomaly and somebody who was just looking to get some cash to move it into something else, maybe make a bet on the Super Bowl or whatever it is, and you just got a bargain, right? You got to steal, and people don't know what they have sometimes. Because the opposite is that even a card of the, one of the top rookies in the last rookie class in a gem mint grade, already graded, right, in one of the better releases of the year is only going to sell for $30. That does not signal great things for the card market overall as a whole for, for where most of us play in those select cards. It, most of us, myself included, do not play in the National Treasure 10, 10 PSA DNA, Gemman 10 card, 10 auto, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollar card. We, we just don't. Right, and if those are the only things that are going to maintain value, I don't know whether or not that's a good thing for you know the well, going concern. This person, they bought a pack, they got the rookie or one of the two best rookies. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a base. They sent it in to get grading, and they're not even covering their cost of grading. Correct. On a ten. On a ten. On an Edwards. So it's like that's really tough because the packs aren't losing value. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting to see kind of play out in front of our eyes that you would be a year and a half ago. If you, if you pulled a Zion, you'd be pumped. You're like, okay, I could sell it now and make 30 bucks or I could send it into PSA. And if it gets a 10, I could make three, 400 bucks, which now I could buy way more packs and I could kind of redo this whole thing. And it keeps the whole ecosystem going right. In a lot of ways, it's not just that person who made money, that investor it's then he goes back to the well and he buys more packs Panini makes more money, though. the distribution, all that. It has a chain effect. But if you can't do that, if you pull the best guy, get it graded, perfect grade, and you can't, you could barely cover your grading fee, that's tough. That's really, really, really tough. You have to go back and not buy this year's guys. You have to go back and find raw cards of Devin Booker, raw cards of Giannis, raw cards of Jokic, maybe a raw silver of John Morand and send that in to get graded because that's where there's value versus the new guys. I agree 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, you know, the flip side, of course, is maybe we're getting into more of a world where um, the performance is going to matter and you're able to pick up an Edwards card for 30 bucks now because he's quietly doing his thing out there. And if they make it to the playoffs and he wins or he drops 40 in the first game of the playoffs, that 30 becomes a 60 or $70 card, and that's how you're making your money that way. Maybe the performance is going to start to matter, and you're able to get you know, entry price for some of these you know, more entry-level cards, or you know, th th that changes. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, I have not done the exercise you just did, and I would, I would ask folks who just listened to us to take a minute it happened about 15 minutes ago, about the 32, 33-minute mark of the episode. Take a look at what Andrew did. right? It, you, know, you might have to pull it up on YouTube. He pulled up the Anthony Edwards um, page. And yes, he went through a lot of the names. But it, it's amazing to see there are some sets from a couple years ago that every card that's graded would fit into just the parallels of Anthony Edwards and Select. There are that many of them out there that it used to be that's how many cards you'd grade of an entire set. So just take a look at it. It's, it's, it's a worthwhile exercise because it gets you thinking about, well, if they're just going to keep printing and printing and printing. You know, I know we've added people to the market. I know we've added people to the hobby. I know we've added participants to the hobby, right? But have we added that many? Take a step back and think to yourself, how many people have you brought in? Because maybe last year or two years ago, you brought in a buddy, a friend, a cousin, you name it. But how many, you know, at Thanksgiving this year, were you saying, wow, cards are the, way, the place to be now? You know, like everybody should be getting in. The money's, the money's here. But I think the, the, the cards are still being produced like we're tripling the amount of participants in the hobby every couple of months. And the people we add, they're going to be confused because they're not going to know which one to buy either. I'm going to, you know where I'm going with this? I'm going to start buying defensive players. <laughs> like NFL guys, like Charles Woodson, man. I love Charles Woodson. One of my favorite players of all time. Maybe I'm just going to start PCing like defensive players and just having some fun. Like TJ Watt, guy's a stud. Guy's a stud. Aaron Donald. I didn't know Aaron Donald was as old as he was. Yeah, he's, he's been like, around for a while. retiring now? Did you hear that? I mean, he could still play at a really high level, obviously, and does not need to retire. But he's now, you know, this was the one thing he didn't have. So, you know, there is something to be said about going out on top, especially, listen, Joe Barrow almost got hurt. You know, QBs, I wouldn't want to be a QB because they take some hits. But what goes on in the trenches of an NFL game, 
there's a reason why the best offensive tackles make the money they make, right? They protect the quarterback, they protect the franchise. But but the trenches, that's where games are won. That's where people fight over a foot or a yard. And this guy, I mean, he battles. Yeah, see what he does there. I mean, he is going through the stuff. He's and a little dirty this too, huh? I mean, you, you almost have to be. You have to have a little bit of a dirty streak in you to be able to do this stuff. He's very, very good. You know, the techniques that he pulls out are amazing. Um, and you talk about J.J. Watt. You talk about, you know, you talk about all these guys. Uh, T.J. Watt also. Um, just the technique. You know, the fact that they have, you know, the swim moves they do, the inside room, the, you know, the outside. It's, it's, it's impressive to see what they do, but it takes a toll, man. And if you make this much money and you've won the awards and you win the Super Bowl and you say to yourself, there's not much more I need to do, um, you know, these guys are living a, a fine life. I watched right before the Super Bowl, the NFL Network had Ty Law go out with his with his Hall of Fame jacket out and he went to Richard Seymour's house, ex-Raider, obviously ex-Patriot, um, to let him know that the Hall of Fame was letting him in. And you see, you know, Richard Seymour, I mean, he's not he's not hurting for money. <laughs> You know, I mean, he's living a pretty nice life. You know what I mean? Like, the house was nice. The whips were nice. You know, I mean, I'm sure Aaron Donald's grandkids will probably never have to work. His grandkids' grandkids will never have to work. So, you know, something about enjoying your life, not going out there and getting the crap beat out of you all the time. So, I, I you know, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fault him at all for going out on top. I, I just didn't realize he was actually that old. Like, to me, I thought he burst on the scene two, three years ago. Uh, you guys want to have a laugh, uh, search on YouTube, Jalen Ramsey interviews, uh, kind of hilarious. Twitter is undefeated. Tw Twitter is insane. That's where I found this. Uh, but Jalen Ramsey, a little overrated, despite that face mask. That was terrible. I don't know how they that missed was that. Terrible. Ball, but, but that was, that happens in soccer a lot. Like if really good soccer defenders, especially, or often, you know, they pull the shirt, but they pull the shirt at just the right time. So the ref can't see it, but that was, dude, that was terrible, man. I was one of the worst missed calls I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty bad, and you know it was a real big turning play in the game towards the end where the Bengals are winning. You know, you could say that that was the difference in the game. You know what I mean? Coming out halftime, giving the lead, the end, um, and if the Rams didn't come back, that would that play would be talked about a lot more. And instead, it gets made up for by the ghost call across the middle. The Bengals, you know, defensive holding, pass interference, whatever call that was, where he, did he didn't touch him. him. He did. He grabbed his jersey, but no, I don't think that's a holding call. I don't. That doesn't. That Not doesn't, the way the game was called there. Yeah, that it was definitely a makeup call. It was definitely a makeup call. That's the deal. That is the deal. All right, Luca Nation, appreciate it. This was a great one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um. Do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.